Good evening, everyone. Hope you're doing well this evening. I uh, wanted to start out with a few announcements this evening. Um, make sure <clears throat> as people get on board here. Um, wanted to remind everyone that Easter Sunday, we're going to start um, with some Sunday school classes on Easter Sunday. We only have four people right now. All right, well, I'll wait a minute. Yeah, I'd wait. All right. Just maybe. Well, just give us a minute here yeah. um, as people join in. Uh, give them a few minutes. We don't have any music tonight, unfortunately, but uh, we'll do the best we can with what we've got. Um, Okay. All right. Want to remind everyone, Sunday, Easter Sunday, we're going to have sunrise service starting at 7. Uh, breakfast at uh, 745. We'll follow that with uh, Sunday school classes and um, worship service. And then the following week, we're going to start uh, with our regular services, both Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Um, John did mention that there'll be you know, a large gathering of Sunday school classes, uh, men and women, uh, to start with. And then as the summer goes along, as Sunday school classes can find teachers, and they're welcome to, to start meeting at any time. Uh, and then this September, uh, August, we will try to elect new, new officers and new teachers uh, for the coming year and start back with, uh, with all of our classes. Uh, Sunday school classes will be had uh, not only for the adults, but also for the youth, uh, as well as children. Uh, most likely these will start in large gatherings, and uh, then we'll begin to go um, in smaller groups, starting hopefully in, by September. Okay. Um, tonight, uh, we're going to try to start um, by talking about Daniel. In the book of Daniel, I'll be in Daniel uh, the first few chapters, uh, one through six, talking about Daniel. But as we get to that scripture, as you turn, I want to talk about, you know, we're really living <clears throat> in some very unusual times. You know, we're dealing with a, a pandemic. This has been about a year now that we've all been living under a pandemic uh, uh, across our nation as well as around the world. Something brand new for all of us that we've had to deal with. You know, but depending on your political nature, uh, it's a very unusual, unprecedented political times. Very, uh, very a lot of change, a lot of change happening on the political front. Um, social issues are changing by the day. I mean, um, all you got to do is look at social media, turn the news on, and there, there's a new idea, a new concept that is being promoted as truth. And, and it was very unusual, very difficult times that we are living in, you know. But, you know, it's not the first time that this has ever happened uh, in the history of mankind. 
Um, and as you think about Daniel, and, and, and you look and you turn to the first chapter of Daniel, uh, chapter 1, Daniel lived in some very unprecedented times and some very challenging times for him as well. Now, Daniel chapter 1, verse 1 says this, In the third year, the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And it says, And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into the hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonian. And he treasured, and he put the treasure of house in his God. Now, it also goes on to say there that Daniel was among some of the young men that were taken captive and then sent to school for at least three years. And you're familiar with the story of of how Daniel didn't want to eat what the king had. He wanted uh, to eat, you know, water and fruit and a special diet. And he got permission to do that. Um, And it says here that God blessed Daniel. And three of his friends, we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'd renamed them. But I want you to think about how difficult Daniel's life was and how uncertain it was. I mean, as a youngster, he was taken away from his family, off to a foreign country to serve as a, an advisor to the king to be sent to school for three years to have to learn a foreign language, a whole new social criteria, a whole new set of laws. It's very unsettling, much like our day, very unsettling for Daniel, unknowing what the future would hold at all for him. Okay? But one of the things I want you to know that Daniel did early in his life, in the midst of all the chaos and all the, the challenges that he faced, is that he turned to God. Okay? Verse 8 of chapter 1 says this, Daniel resolved not to defile himself. I want you to think about that a minute. Daniel resolved as a young person not to defile himself. It goes on to say, of course, with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to, to eat that. But Daniel did more than not to defile himself with just food and water and wine. He chose not to defile himself with the culture that was around him. I mean, he's a young person. He's very much influenced by his peers. He's in a foreign country. He's trying to fit in. But yet he chooses not to defile himself. And he had three other friends that stuck with him. Okay? In an uncertain world, in a demanding place, he chose not to defile himself. Now, how can a person do that? It's very difficult. Okay? I want you to think about what Daniel was asked to do. Daniel wasn't asked to be a preacher or a prophet. Daniel was sent to school to become an advisor to the king. He was sent to school to become employed by the local government. He was a worker, just like a lot of us are. 
He had responsibilities to the king. You know, because he didn't defile himself, it says in here that God gave him and his three friends knowledge and understanding so that they could learn and be advisors to the king. Okay, now, best I can tell, Daniel was advisors to at least three kings, Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, and then uh, the, the Darius. Now think about these three kings just a minute. Nebuchadnezzar, um, um, he threw three of Daniel's friends in a fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar also went crazy while Daniel was, was an advisor to him. Okay, that was one of the interpretations of Daniel's dreams, that Daniel would go crazy. Daniel threatened to, I mean, uh, Nebuchadnezzar threatened to kill Daniel and all the advisors because they couldn't tell him what their dream was. You know, y'all you, you remember the story well. Daniel went to the king and says, look, give me just a little bit of time. He came back to his three friends and said, look, y'all, we need to pray about this. Okay? And Daniel the next morning was able to get up and tell the king his dream and interpret it for him. That was his job. That saved their, not only his life, but his friend's life as well as all the other advisors. He was simply a worker for the king, an employee that was setting, trying to do his best at the task that was given to him. And God blessed his efforts in doing so. Okay? But what made Daniel different? What allowed him that ability? Okay? If we look at chapter 1, let's see, verses, verses 5, it says... They were trained for three years, and after that they entered the king's service. He had, he had his job. Verse 19, at the end of the three years, okay, they were brought in, uh, brought into the king Nebuchadnezzar, presented to, to, to them to Nebuchadnezzar. In verse 19, the king talked with them, and the king found none equal to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego. Okay? And they entered the king's service. And every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. So they had a job. They were just advisors to the king, advisors to our president. In our in our day, in our terminology. They were on the, the presidential cabinet, so to speak. Close advisors to the king. That was their job. It's not what they set out to do with their life, I'm sure, because they'd been taken captive. Not what they wanted to do, but it was their job. Okay? But what made Daniel difference? Okay? Daniel had, if we look at chapter 6, verse 3, chapter 6, of Daniel. I'm going to jump, jump around a little bit. It says here that it pleased Darius, this is the third king that um, Daniel served under, um, to appoint about 120 stirrups to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them. One of them was Daniel. Verse 3. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the steps 
by his exceptional qualities. Another version says because he had an excellent spirit within him. An excellent spirit, a great attitude, um, exceptional qualities. Are not those the, the characteristics that we want in an employee? That we want in an employer? Now, think about that. If he had an exceptional spirit inside of him or, or an exceptional qualities, <laughs> what in his life had created that in him? It definitely wasn't his circumstances. Because if any of us had been in those circumstances, personally, I'd have been very bitter. I'd been very angry to be taken away from my family, to be taken away from the dreams that I had as a, as a small child growing up, to be forced to learn a new language, to be forced to learn all these new social skills and just, you know, how many of us would be truly happy in that set of circumstances? How many of us could develop an exceptional spirit? I mean, how many of us have an exceptional spirit today because of the circumstances we find ourselves in? I mean, we grumble about wearing a mask or grumble about somebody not wearing a mask. You know, depending on how you view that. You know, uh, we grumble about not being able to get stuff in the mail or being able to go out to eat or sit down somewhere. So see, life's hard, life's difficult, even in our day. But what created such an exceptional spirit and these great qualities in Daniel that allowed him to excel? It's something we need to, need to dig a little bit deeper in. Verse 6, I mean chapter 6, verse 4 says, At this time, the administrators and stirrups tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel. In his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor neglectful. Daniel had exceptional qualities even when he was serving someone that he didn't agree with. He didn't complain. He didn't murmur. Verse 5. Finally, these men, these are his peers, by the way. Think about that. These are people, co-workers. Co-workers said, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of of his God. Wow. The only flaw that they could find in Daniel was his love for God. Now, he had an exceptional spirit. Did that come from his relationship with God is the question we have. And where does that put us? Okay, I want you to look at something, and y'all know y'all know this story well, but I want you to just think about it. Chapter six, verse ten. 
How did they trick Daniel? How did Daniel get into the lion's den? You know, Darius, the king, you know, liked Daniel a whole lot. He wanted to put and put Daniel second in charge. That's the reason the peers didn't like him. So what did his peers do? Verse six, chapter six, verse ten says this. Now when Daniel, wait a minute. So verse six, six through nine, they come up with a plan, and y'all know the story. They come up with a plan. They get King Darius to to make a law, a decree that cannot be reversed. That if anyone bows and worships anybody other than King Darius, that they'll be thrown in the lion's den. Okay. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three, three, now wait a minute, let me stop right there a minute. Think. He opened the guy, went up to his room, opened the doors to where he could see back toward what? His homeland. Now, what would that do to me? That would make me want to belong, to be home. To become homesick, to be frustrated and be upset because of the circumstances that I'm in today. That's what it would make me feel like. But for Daniel, he looked home because to him, he was looking toward God. Back toward the temple, back toward Jerusalem. He was looking toward God. And it says right here, back toward Jerusalem three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed you know it's difficult for us to find time to pray the Bible says to pray without ceasing but Daniel in the midst of all of his work all the demands of his life because it says in here that he was responsible to the king to take care of the king's affairs With all of those responsibilities, he still found time to pray three times a day. There was an excellent spirit inside of Daniel. And I think the key to that spirit of excellence is right here in the next words. He prayed three times a day, giving thanks to his God, just as he'd done before. Giving thanks to God. Now, as a human being... I put myself in Daniel's shoes where I'm away from home, I've been taken captive, I've had to, to serve these kings and, and their political agendas that I don't agree with. It would be hard for me to find something to be thankful for. But three times a day, it says that he thanked God. You know, even in our circumstances right now, we need to be thankful. Thankful for God. Thankful for the fact that he is in control. Okay? Thankful for the health we have, the the experiences that we've had. And and just look to him and say, thank you for the day that we have. It's been an absolutely beautiful day today, a beautiful weekend. To be thankful. Daniel, it says, prayed three times a day and thanked God. It goes on to say in verse 11, Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. 
So Daniel, when he prayed, he was thankful to God and he asked God for help. Help for what? Help to do his job. You know, he needed to interpret a dream not once but twice. Three times, actually. You know, for King Nebuchadnezzar twice, for uh, Belshazzar. Okay? I mean, he, he, that was his job. And he asked God for help. Do we ask God to help us with our jobs? Do we ask God and thank God for our jobs? Do we thank Him for the opportunity that we have to walk along with these co-workers? Many of whom we don't necessarily agree with their point of view or their lifestyle or etc. Are we thankful for them? Are we asking God for His help? Something to think about, isn't it? But he prayed three times a day. Asking, thanking God and asking God for help. Even in the midst of all of his circumstances. That's where we need to be today. We need to be thanking God and asking for his help in the midst of all of our circumstances. Because Daniel went through three different kings in his lifetime. I have not seen anything, and I may have missed it, that Daniel ever went back home. He lived the life in a foreign country, worked for king after king. Nebuchadnezzar promoted him. The next one, his son, Belshazzar, he forgot all about Daniel until this hand showed up and started writing on the wall. Nobody could tell anybody what it was saying. I mean, King Darius liked Daniel. But King Darius had to throw him in the lion's den. King Darius says, I hope your God can survive, can save you. I mean, and he did. God was honored. You know, we need to remember, and I think this is where Daniel did, because Daniel was quick to to give God credit for everything. In any interpretation of the dream, as you read, he, he was very quick to give God the credit, and it wasn't himself. Okay? Chapter 4, verse 17. Let's look at that just a minute. Because this is a response to one of the dreams. Part of the response. I'm not going to read the whole response, but I want to read a very important verse here. This is this is right before, this is after Nebuchadnezzar dreams the dream of a tree. And this is where Daniel has to go in and tell Nebuchadnezzar, basically, look, you're going to go crazy. And you're going to eat grass like the, the cattle does. And until you realize that God is sovereign, you're going to be crazy. Okay? And it says right here in verse 17, the decision is announced by messengers. The Holy Ones declares the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men. Daniel's interpretation to the king was to look, this dream and what you're about to experience is to prove that God is sovereign. Because Nebuchadnezzar becomes very proud of what he's accomplished. Very boastful. He stands at the top of his kingdom, so to speak, and talks about all that he has created and all that he has done. And God basically, as you read through this, says, okay, now that you've got to that point, let me show you who's really in control. 
And the next thing you know, Nebuchadnezzar's out in the field growing long hair and eating grass like the cattle. But God puts him back into the place of leadership a little year later. Chapter 5, verse 21 says this. Uh, where did it go? Uh, here it is. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate the grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven. This is Nebuchadnezzar. Until he acknowledged the Most High God is sovereign over the kingdoms of men. Nebuchadnezzar realized that God was sovereign. Darius realized that God was sovereign. And they passed laws and decrees to do that. Now Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar, he didn't get it. He mocked God. Where are we with our thoughts? In the world that's so mixed up, confusing, frustrating between the pandemic, social issues of our day, or political views of the day. Where do we fit? Do we recognize that God is sovereign over everything? I believe Daniel did through a prayer of thanksgiving and asking for help on a daily basis, three times a day. He was able to totally focus his attention. And because of that, he had an excellent spirit inside of him. He was able to perform his work exceptionally to carry out his task that he, for his employers that he was asked to do. And God elevated him to those points because he trusted him. Daniel realized that God was in control even though the world around him was out of control. He acknowledged it through his prayers of thanksgiving. He acknowledged it through his request to help him. As a result, God equipped him to be an exceptional leader, to be an exceptional employee to the various kings that he was worked for. God gifted him later in life with the ability to foretell the future. That's recorded in the second half of the book of Daniel. For us, in a world of confusion and uncertainty, our hope and our, our help lies in the ability of God, not in ourselves or the world around us. All we have to do is to be thankful for it and to ask Him for help. I hope these thoughts and comments are assuring to you. And uh, as you go into the week, uh, let's bow for a word of prayer at this time. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day that we have. Thank you for this time in Daniel. And we just pray that you would uh, to help us to understand that you are the sovereign God in control, that regardless of the political, social, or medical environment we find ourselves in, that you are in control, and that through a prayer of thanksgiving to you and asking for help, that you can give us peace and joy in the midst of the world of uncertainty that we live in. 
Guide us in all that we do and protect us through the coming week. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all and have a great week.